Kaylee, you watched Supernatural. Yes, almost religiously. I did not. Doesn't seem like your kind of show. However, I feel like I kind of watched Supernatural in this episode. (laughs) You kind of did. (laughs) I'm just saying. Shall we list the things from Supernatural? (laughs) So the best part, my favorite, is that they, they straight up reused the set from the episode All Hell Breaks Loose. That's, that was the Supernatural episode, and they just straight up reused it for this episode of Psych. I mean, they were both filming in the Pacific Northwest, largely Vancouver, British Columbia. And so, yeah, I, I was like, I'm not surprised there's so much overlap with people and places and things. So, Speaking of people, mm-hmm. um, every one of our guest stars in this episode was on Supernatural at one point or another. I don't think James Brolin was. That's a fair point. Not James Brolin. So like, so like our biggie, our big get of, of the episode is, is a little more, um, I, I, maybe, I don't know, like old Hollywood-ish. Yeah. Yeah. More classic. Not, not quite Kirk Douglas, but still. <laughs> so obviously we talked about it a bunch of times. Timothy was in uh, Supernatural as a reoccurring character right he was kane as in kane and abel kane okay as like, in like had a whole character. story arc centered around him and then he showed up later again like it was wild jim beaver linda boyd john trench all we'll see in this episode as different characters and all of them at one point or another were cast in supernatural so jim beaver is probably like the most present because he's like beginning to end um recurring in different but like mostly the same role but if you know the universe you know it gets blurry um but yeah he's 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 bobby singer who was named after an executive producer robert singer (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah he's all through there's a few of those in this episode too by the way i i kind of thought so just because of the way the names hit but i'm excited excited to talk about those um but then just to throw some other fun facts in there, Jim, Brent, and our very own Lassie were all in Deadwood together. Another Western. <laughs> and then Jim and Brent were both in Justified together. Another Western. Another Western. <laughs> <laughs> Which our dads both probably love. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my husband loves both uh, Deadwood and Justified. I would be lying if I said that we didn't have copies of the DVDs in our basement right now. <laughs> I'm not that surprised. <laughs> oh, man. So the episode itself is, is pretty, it's a pretty good one. But um, Kay and I chatted before the episode and I'm, I'm with you, Kay. Like when I was watching Sean psych out in this episode, I didn't know what he was psyching out about. Like I knew who the murderer was. I kind of remembered what had happened, but like I had forgotten about a ton of it. Oh, yeah. And, and there's a part in this episode that we will get to. But it both complicates and supports my running theory. (laughs) So we'll get to it. Okay. I'm excited to hear it. Because when I watched the episode, I had a moment of maybe Sean really is psychic. Yeah. yeah. And mine is that plus. So, I mean, it it won't come as a surprise to you, but we'll get to it for sure. Okay. Well, I'm excited. Uh, In that case, shall we start our show? It's showtime. This is To the Blueberries! 
I am Alexis, and I'm a real-life Gus. I'm Kaylee, and I'm a real-life Sean. This is a psych rewatch podcast because we needed a good reason to talk to one another once a week, um, and so we started a podcast. Yeah, we've mostly talked to each other once a week since we started this almost a solid year ago. I was just, I noticed that the other day, I was like, oh man, we started posting, like I think in June. Yeah, let me go back to the beginning really, really quick. No, we, our first episode posted May the 9th. We posted our trailer May the 2nd. So we have gone a full year of recording. A full year. Oh, that's a good time. I love that. This is great. This week's episode is season four, episode three, High Noonish. I love that episode title. Noonish. Noonish. So... High noon is something, right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, usually if you're going to have a showdown, you have different times of day. And it's like uh, the Western trope of high noon. Also, I think there's a Western called high noon. That's what I was thinking. That's the reference. Yeah. And yeah. is it a Clint Eastwood movie? Why did I not look this up? <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I just come to uh, expect you to look stuff like that up oh, so, or know it. Gary Cooper and so, Grace Kelly. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, Grace our, Kelly. Grace Kelly. I was gonna say, uh, Gary Cooper is a is a fave of our very own Juliet, um, our best friend Amanda. Oh. Yeah. So that one, I do not know. I have not watched. But yeah. Frank Miller is the episodes. Oh, sorry. Sorry. It, why does that sound familiar? Frank Miller. I don't know. Anyway, sorry, moving on. The episode starts in 1989, and Henry comes in and asks Sean why there's a hole in his front yard. Okay, don't get mad. I totally have an explanation. Um, Gus made me dig my own grave. And then he shot me, and then he stole my boots, and then the buzzards ate my entrails. Because Gus didn't bury him far enough. Henry's like, okay, gotcha, so you guys are playing cowboys and Indians. Just cowboys. Playing Indians is offensive. This is a recurring thing in this episode that I kind of love. He's like, yeah, it was a tragic end to our adventure. Um, If it makes you feel any better, oh, the realism is what makes it fun. Um, But if it makes you feel any better, Gus got hanged by a one-eyed crooked sheriff. And Henry says, well, did the buzzards eat his entrails? Yeah. Of course. (laughs) Well, Henry is like, okay, that sounds great, but I've got a game for you. It's called Go Fill in That Hole in My Front Yard. It's the realism that makes that fun, too. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Back to the present. Oh my gosh, this scene is so funny. It's so good, and I forgot to notice if Lassie's car had no headrests. <laughs> Lassiter is driving, um, and Gus thinks that he might be killing them. Gus is convinced he's going to kill them. And they have like a little bickering in the back seat. And Sean's like, no, dude, he asked us to do him a favor. And he's like, case in point, tries the door. It's locked. locked. But for the record, they are in the back of what is often used as a police cruiser. Of course, the like locks are always engaged. It's yeah, Lassie's car. I agree. Gus is like... Dude, this is your fault. This is for all of the pranks that you have played on him. Those were for team building. 
How do you build camaraderie by changing someone's bank account numbers? All right, flag on the play here, Kay. Is that something that someone can do? Only if they impersonate you very, very well and steal all of your other identifying information so that they can do that. If anybody could successfully do that, it would be Sean, but... True, because he's psychic. <laughs> Lassie notices that they are being kind of weird, and he's like, what's going on back there? Don't they flat out ask him if he's going to kill them and dispose of them in, like, an aquifer? <laughs> yeah. And he said, no, I'm not going to shoot you. And then Gus said, he didn't say anything about stabbing. Yeah, knifing us is not off the table. But Sean is like, what's up with all the secret secret around this little favor we're doing for you? So what's with all the secrecy, you handsome pasty-faced devil? <laughs> I feel like that's a very that's a, that's a very Western thing to say to someone, too. I like it. This is um, not official, and it's way outside of Lassie's jurisdiction. But he knows that they are good at finding things from nothing, and he needs a little bit of that right now. Yeah, he needs to use that gift. Oh, yeah, those were his words. He says, um, the sheriff of this town is an old friend of his. We arrive at a place called Old Old Sonora. Sonora. But we park near some other cars in a place that doesn't look like anything. Yeah, it's like the back of the town. The back of the town, says Gus. Lassie is kind of leading them through, and immediately Sean psychs out on some pieces of wooden floorboard that are missing. And Lassie explains that some weird stuff's been going down in the nighttime. They go inside, and they meet the sheriff, who is James Brolin. Brolin? Brolin. Brolin? Brolin, okay. Yeah, so... Josh Brolin, who we know as the big purple bad guy from Avengers, um, and also (laughs) the sort of bad guy, other main character of Deadpool 2, and also the older brother in Goonies. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, Josh Brolin is James Brolin's son. But James Brolin is a famous actor in his own right, and he was in Westworld, the movie, before the show was a thing. What year was Westworld? Was it 75? Um, I thought I wrote that down. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Wait a second. Who who was who was Josh Brolin in The Goonies? He was the older brother. <gasps> Bran, right? He was. Yes, he was. He's not as he's not as pretty as his daddy. I think I think James Brolin is a really handsome older gentleman. He is. He's a silver fox. Oh, it was 73. Westworld was 73. My bad. Yes, he is a silver fox. Where he also played the sheriff. (laughs) And his name is Hank Mandel, but we call him Sheriff Hank or Hank throughout. (laughs) We get our intros. Lassie does them, so there's no nonsense names. And Mm -hmm. Sean is like, I'm sure he's told you what I do, and now you've seen my hair, so you're doubly impressed. Hank said, I didn't even want to bring you out here, but Binky insisted. Binky. Binky. <laughs> oh, you don't call him Binky? <laughs> so, Lassie... We do now. <laughs> we do now. Lassie explains the whole rundown. So first, it started as vandalism. They were stealing wood. The planks from their walkways, their signposts. My first instinct is beavers, but I'm not ruling out those pesky Keebler elves. That's a pun that pays off later if you're paying attention. <laughs> Hank's like, yeah, and that's not everything. 
check out this stench in the air. And he like opens a window and Gus recoils so violently. And he's just like, he's just like driven to distraction. It smells so bad. And Sean's like, I don't smell it. It smells like cat urine. According to Gus. Yeah, you'll have to excuse Gus. He's a long, tragic tale of the time he got stuck in a closet with his family's cat, Mr. B. It's a, it's a long, sordid tale. That's not a long story. That was the story. <laughs> that is the story. <laughs> I love it. But Hank's like, okay, but then it got more aggressive. Stuff started getting stolen, misplaced, destroyed. Um, and they're walking out of the sheriff's office down onto the street. And then all of a sudden they encounter a man in black. There's uh, the full sounds. Yeah. <laughs> and Sheriff Hank shoots this guy. Well, he says, drop your weapon and come peaceably. And the other guy responds, I'm not exactly a peaceful man. And then shots fired. And then applause. This is not a real town. That was not a real gunfight. It's a tourist trap. Credits. <laughs> Our man in black, we will later find out's name is Stinky Pete. Okay, but this plays into the Westworld thing. I have not seen the original film, but I have seen the first season of the series. And, like, it's not exactly just about, like, a sheriff, but it's about, like, a place, a western-y place. There's a man in black. He's all, like, shrouded in mystery, but he's our villain. He's always our villain. And the white hats are supposed to be the good guys, right? And so, like, our sheriff is our white hat. Stinky Pete, Pete is played by Jim Beaver. And we'll get more about Stinky Pete later. Yeah, even if we don't always say his name right. Um, <laughs> Lassie is like, I'm here to protect, like, the, the loves of, of childhood and the childhood institutions, right? He, he gives them the full rundown that it is an old historic mining town, and he spent his weekends there as a child. Sean says, you can count on us, and Lassie's like, great, here are your bedrolls. You're staying here tonight. While Lassie's talking, Sean sees something on the ground, but we're not really sure what he sees. It's like oddly speckly or shimmery. It was unclear. Yeah, something shimmery. Gus said, uh, we're staying here tonight. We're staying here all night. You're not. Lassie can't be there. That's way out of his jurisdiction. Yeah, he can't be caught investigating up here. Do you have any idea how far outside his jurisdiction this is? And Sean's like, Binky, come on! Sheriff Hank puts his hands on the boy's shoulders and goes, I hope you boys like beans. Cut to them around a campfire with a big skillet of beans over the fire. And Gus is like, if this turns into blazing saddles, I'm out of here. And then Sean asks Gus to pull his finger, because what else do you do when you're sitting around a tub of beans? Well, the Blazing Saddle reference, if, if you haven't seen this gem of Mel Brooks comedy, is, um, I think it's the bad guys, the villains, are all sitting around a campfire and they've all eaten a ton of beans. And it's just like a full scene of like fart noises. <laughs> just <laughs> full of beans and coffee, guys. Bad things are happening inside these people. I love it. They ask Hank if Hank knows what's been going on, if they, he knows of anybody. He's like, have you seen the vandals? I was going to say, he, um, he kind of responds vaguely that he's felt them. He's felt their presence and then tells them the story of the Ghost Rider. Which wasn't much of a story. Nope. Legend was that there was a horse thief that was hanged and he still haunts these parts. And then there's like a coyote howl. And Gus is like, I'm out of here. 
because he's not into ghosts. But there's no cell phone service out at this old Sonora western town. There's also no cable, no nothing. So this, in the, in the, in the show notes, this is based on a lot of historical old mining towns and tourist locations in California um, and along the, the western coast. Hmm. Yeah, some of them are actual like old gold mining towns and some of them are just like recreations and like made into historical sites to learn about that part of history, which I found really cool and definitely did stuff not unlike that on the East Coast as a child. <laughs> Sherpank tells the boys that he's known Binky for about 30 years. He needed someone because his dad wasn't there, so he had Sheriff Hank. Yeah, his mom would sort of drop him off on Saturdays and he would just like be in the town hank says i guess he needed somebody and well i guess i kind of needed somebody too and he's like he's the nearest thing to family i got but then sheriff hank hears something that is spooking the horses and he gets up to go investigate gus is being really cynical about it he's like oh yeah great part of history to preserve no cell phones or any like comforts or anything and sean just kind of says that he gets it I think I'm starting to get why Lassie loves this place so much. It represents a simpler time when people weren't so preoccupied with the distractions of modern life. Sean, you literally just told me that you want to get married in space. And that still stands. But the past is also for preserving. Uh, Gus references the fact that it's a lot better to remember fondly for Sean and people like Sean rather than Gus and people more like Gus. This exact part of history what are you talking about we saw posse together in theaters i did not look up posse i like i was just like okay 80s western i'm guessing and then there's a gust of wind and the fire goes out which is completely improbable i just want to throw that out there oh it's a 1993 film oh mario van peebles as jesse lee it's got a baldwin a billy zane a tommy lister jr a melvin van peebles blair underwood okay Okay. We might be watching Posse. (laughs) (laughs) They go try to find Hank. They yell for him. Gus is like, dude, I just want to get out of here. He's giving him the tough love. He's like, you know what? This place is falling apart. Maybe it's just not being taken care of. He's he's really given the tough love. Like, you know what? It's probably nothing. It's probably not even a vandal. At worst, this guy probably has a terrible cat problem. And then Gus trips and Sean said, don't freak out. It's a body. A one-eyed body. And then they run away screaming. It was like such a terrible fake body and it was missing an eyeball and it was just like very heinous. Oh, I don't find myself looking at the dead bodies very deeply, so I didn't catch that. I mean, sometimes that's the only acting gig somebody got that episode. (laughs) Yep. They go running. There's no Hank. There's no horses. And the very first thing that Sean sees is this weird, like, limping-looking shoe tread. Yeah, it's, like, footprints on one side and dragging footprints on the other side, which, you know, is pretty obviously a limp. But then he goes, wait, do you hear that? It's a horse stampede. And then, out of nowhere, Hank goes, get out of the way! Pushes the guys, and then he gets trampled. He's got a pretty bad slice on his leg, and so they've got to get him some help. And where else do you go for help? But Henry's. <laughs> so we're at Henry's. Hank is being helped into the house by um, Henry and Lassie. Uh, Lassie is very upset that he sent them out there to find out what was going on. And they almost got Hank killed. 
And everybody's saying how Hank should be going to a hospital, but Hank doesn't believe in hospitals. And then all Henry cares about is the fact that uh, he's potentially bleeding on his couch. He puts down a towel underneath Hank, which I find important for two reasons. One, because there is a pineapple right behind him. (laughs) There's a wooden carved pineapple on the mantle. But also because later on we're going to find out that Hank left some blood on his couch. And that's Henry's fault. He shouldn't have given him such a small towel. (laughs) There's a gash in his leg. It's too deep. Henry says, I don't have any anesthetic or anything. And that's cool because Hank also does not believe in anesthetic. Gus, bite down on my right toe to make me forget about the pain in my leg. What? I'm not biting your toe. When a man asks you to bite his toe, you bite his toe. That was from Lassie, and um, mm-hmm. no. Um, <laughs> also, he gets handed a bottle of what we can assume is scotch or whiskey, and um, that'll have to do. And Henry's going to stitch him up, but it's deep. He really should be like off his feet, resting, recuperating, if not in a hospital. Sean thanks Sheriff Hank for saving them, and Sheriff Hank is like, you know, it's my job. Gus is like, it's not your job, it's your town. You're the one who owns the place. Lassie calls Sean aside and is afraid they're going to shut down the town. And leave Hank destitute. He simply cannot have that. Don't worry, Binky. I have a plan. So we're back at Old Sonora and Sean is now striding around as the sheriff. Sheriff Sean comes out and starts talking to all the actors who are there. And he goes, drink it in like a bottle of laudum. Laudum? Laudanum. Yeah. There's a new sheriff in town, guys. It's me. And basically, while he's monologuing, they all just start walking away until it's just the bartender left. And then he also walks away. And then Gus wants the spurs. Also, Gus is the blacksmith. At the SBPD, we find out that the county has identified the body as Frank McBain. And Frank McBain is a... Santa Barbara resident. But Frank McBain is a mixture of names from Once Upon a Time in the West, Mm. as well as Sweetwater Land Corp, which we'll hear a little bit about later. But those are both references to that movie. There is a part that I feel like is a reference to another movie, but it's kind of a reference to, like, all standard Western tropes. So we'll get there. Mm -hmm. Lassie's like, finally, I might have some way to gain access to this, this case. But there's some weird stuff. McBain wasn't who we expected. He was a rich man whose wife thought he had left for a business trip. Yeah, a successful multi-millionaire businessman who lives in Santa Barbara. And Lassie's like, all right, I'm going to get my judge friend to give us a warrant. We're going to search his office. We're going to get access. We're going to figure this out. And Jules is like the voice of reason here. She's like, dude, it's a county case. They have jurisdiction. We still can't jump all over this. Sometimes there are exceptions. To jurisdictional protocol. At, uh, they they do, I guess, get that warrant, and they head to McBain's office, and they find a little map that shows that all the land around Old Sonora has been purchased. Also, that there's a new toll road that they're putting in that might be going through that land. Yeah, like right at the top of the Old Sonora land. That is the only spot in the middle of these properties that isn't held already by McBain Industries, or McBain Holdings. So, Lassie's like, what the heck is this toll road? That's supposed to be 10 miles to the south. But they haven't voted yet. Lassie's like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is motive. They were trying to get him shut down. And now they got Hank run over by horses. We solved it. High five. 
Except now the chief is there with the county sheriff. Who is Brett Sexton, who is one of the characters that we listed off at the beginning. Yes. And Chief Vic is very mad uh, that they're still talking about this old Sonora case and wants some evidence. Lassie's like, J'accuse McBain. And she's like, mm, you can't just throw that around, buddy. It's now a murder case. And Lassie's like, okay, how about this? And there's like a model train set. And he goes, he was planning to put in mass transit for profit and get the taxpayers to, to foot the bill. And, and. Nope. <laughs> it's a kid's park. And he's donating it to the county. Yeah. And it's called Ashley Baird. And Lassie's like, see, it's not even named after his wife. That's probably his mistress, the dirtbag. Nope. Ashley Baird with his little girl with leukemia. She's so brave. Lassie really just wants to close the vandalism case, but uh, they're not having it because now they have their chief suspect for the murder case, which is Sheriff Hank. Because if he was being pressured to sell his land and didn't want to and felt like he was under threat and his park was under threat, then who would have better motive to kill McBain? So back at Henry's. Lassie is very, very angry that Sheriff Hank never told him about Frank McBain. But Sheriff Hank says he doesn't know who McBain is. The only person who ever approached him in any way about buying his land was in the form of letters from Sweetwater Land Co. And he received two about six months ago. He politely declined and he never heard anything else. He never met with anybody, let alone Frank McBain. Juliet is sure that this is a dummy corporation that they're using to try to keep investment prices from shooting up because McBain... Uh, had been to Old Sonora twice already alone to check it out. And if he didn't talk to Hank, then who was he dealing with up there? Old Susanna is being played on a harmonica by Gus. And we're back at Old Sonora. Enter Lazeter. What are you doing? Um, we're playing 19-card stud. Regular poker is too complicated. This makes it easier to get pairs. <laughs> Plus, anything with a picture on it is wild. So I sent you here to get leads, and you're playing Cowboys and Indians? Um, Indians is offensive. I didn't say Indians. That's what I heard. There isn't. There isn't. A, I've heard it both ways there, but there should be. Yeah, and they're talking these ridiculous, like, faux Western accents that are yeah. very hard to, to make out. Yeah, I really can only do a, a Southern accent, so my, my fake Western accent's going to sound very Southern. We're just going to have to be okay with it. Yeah, I've got a couple of Southern up my sleeve, <laughs> but... Sean's like, ah, yeah, plus I gotta get go gun down that stinky feet fella in about 20 minutes. Stinky Pete. You don't understand. You've never killed a man. Yes, I have. Henry, nope. Lassie said, Hank is the suspect. You need to find someone else. Get out there and get me a lead. Yeah, Sean has also told him that, like, he tried to ask around, and these people are, like, really mean. But, uh, they're gonna do their best, and... They're going to head to the saloon. <laughs> so they swagger in and then Sean freaks out, flips the table and goes, it's that stinky feet fella and starts shooting blanks at a tourist wearing a white hat. He's trying to bushwhack us. Oh my God. And this is where we meet Miss Annie. Yeah. And she goes, Sean. And he's like, I'd appreciate it if you refer to me as Sheriff Spencer or Hickory Pot or Dragum Slim. No. Hard pass. <laughs> um, so Annie is the actress playing the madam uh, who's in residence at the saloon. He's got some questions for her and she goes, 
Is it about how Hank and I used to be lovers? But he broke her heart, and it was a long time ago. Ancient history. We go outside and we meet Deputy Sheriff Tripsy, who's coming out of the hotel. And has a shuffling limp. He tells the got boys that he's not super loving his job, but he does love Hank like a brother. Just like Miss Annie. Not like Miss Annie. She definitely does not love him like a brother. There's some serious flowers up in that attic. <laughs> flowers in the attic! Missy Andrews! Uh, Sean has a little psychic moment because of the limp and said that he knew that he was there when the horses went running. And uh, they confront him about it. He's like, yeah, yeah, you you saw who did it, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, I saw him. And they vanished. But he vanished. And Gus is like, oh yeah, the ghost rider. Cut the crap, you did it. They start to call him on his crap and they're like, well, we'll just get the police down here to figure it out. And he was like, fine, fine. Something did spook the, spook the horses and it wasn't me. But I didn't but see anyone. he was, he was working for McBain. He was looking for safety violations so he could get Old Sonora shut down so that McBain could buy it. And then Sean zeroes in on this hole and then... Um, Sean is like, are there any other employees here now? No, Tripsy's usually the last one to leave when Hank's not there. We get Gus seeing something and goes, Sean! And then there's like the shadowy rider in the distance, rearing up on his horse. It's very dramatic. It is. So I think they missed a part here, but they reference back to it. Like, this person vanishes. Like, ostensibly, someone goes to check on where this person was, and there's no sign of them. Yeah, the boys are trying to find him, and they find this old mine, and they're like... Maybe he went in here, but there's rocks that are blocking this old mine. There's no way he can do that unless he can move through solids. Which he could do. As a ghost. So I saw a weird note that said, like, the rock formations or the seams in the rocks at this cave part is, like, shaped like a pineapple. I didn't notice anything. But that's a fun wishful thinking moment. Sean sees some water, like, bubbling up from the ground. And he's like, okay, weird, moving on. And then Gus is like, okay, what if this is completely unrelated to the murder? What if the horse guy isn't the vandal? What if this place is falling apart because of neglect? I mean, it's pretty run down. Like, it could just be, like, going to seed. <laughs> the boys are kind of standing in front, front of one of the prop buildings, and the frame just falls over onto them. The door swings open and uh, avoids smashing them. It was exactly a Buster Keaton stunt from, like, old silent movies. Steamboat Bill Jr. from 1928. I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, it's a reference to the, to the guy, the guy from the silent movies, the stuntman, the, the vaudeville actor. And Levi was like, uh, Chaplin? I was like, no, no, the other one. <laughs> And then we go back to the SBPD. And it was maybe a ghost. Sean's like, definitely not. I mean, probably not. Maybe a ghost-like fellow. Who, like, only shows up in the moonlight? <laughs> Lassie's very upset. All you guys came back with are campfire stories. Sean's like, well, ghost got the consumption. I did. <coughs> <laughs> that was so perfect. Chief comes through and she's like, we better not be talking about what I think we're talking about because it's something that's very far out of our jurisdiction and we're not allowed to be working on. Uh, if they went behind Chief Vic's back and hired Sean and Gus, there will be consequences. Disciplinary action. 
She leaves. Lassie wants to know why the boys didn't stand up for them. Jules is like, yeah, Sean, you wimped out super hard. If you believe the short-sighted pundits on CNN, but I take a longer view of history. (laughs) What? I just wrote weird CNN joke. Sean says, oh, they, they got back the news that McBain had been dead for five days, which essentially rules him out as your vandal because... After he died, the vandal was vandalizing still. They kind of come to the conclusion that somebody else wants that land. And maybe they're eliminating the competition. Because McBain money would have been really hard to beat. There's a flirty hat tip from Jean to Juliet. And Juliet just gives this like little grin. How dare he? Agreed. But Lassiter is like, I have no idea who it could be. And you two have given me bupkis. There's a strange pause and some reactions to him using that word. But he essentially storms off. And then they look at each other and they're like, Bubkiss? <laughs> they get back to Old Sonora and Sheriff Hank is packing up to leave town. The buildings are falling over. He's put in his time and he's ready to go. He saw that park that they were going to build and it's going to be a nice thing. Um, and he's too old to keep doing this. Yeah, he goes, I've been licked. Which I always thought was a very weird turn of phrase. <laughs> like, you've lost, you've been licked. Does that not mean when you've, you've won? If you're being licked. <laughs> I feel like if I get licked, I'm losing. <laughs> By a Just person. Saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sheriff Hank has accepted the offer. He's out of here. Tripsy is going to handle the last show. Oh, my God. And he picks up this picture of him and little baby Lassiter. Little baby Binky. Like, they did some Photoshop. But it was very adorable. At the Santa Barbara Police Department, Chief Vic calls Lassiter and Juliet into the office with the sheriff. And Lassiter is like, um, I'm not doing anything. And then we find out that they are being invited to help with the case. Yeah, the county sheriff there is there again, and he's, like, officially inviting them in. And he says, um, ballistics came back on the bullet that killed McBain. And it's weird. We were kind of hoping, since you have a lot of um, expertise with armaments, that you could look at it. Lassie sees it and said, you know, I know exactly why you've never seen it before. It's from a gun that's over 100 years old. It's from an original 1873 Colt Peacemaker. Dun, dun, dun. Just sad faces. So back at Old Sonora, Gus and Sean are helping Hank pack up his truck. He's packed a light. And they're like, are you sure you don't want to take any of this stuff with you? Maybe a wagon wheel? That barrel over there? In comes Lassie. And Lassie's got this stone cold look on his face and says, I need to see your pistol. So Gus is like, what? What are you talking about? And Sean's like, come on, man. Don't be crazy. And stay out of this, Spencer. He hands, Hank hands it over. And um, Lassie takes a look over it. And he goes, why have you been firing live rounds, Hank? I saw a rat, and I shot it. Lassiter tells him that he is under arrest for the murder of Frank McBain and tells O'Hara to read him his rights. Lassie walks away so sad. But let's go back to I saw a rat and I shot it. That almost sounds like a confession to me. Yeah, if it's a double entendre. Maybe he just saw a rat and shot it. Yeah. And he's just saying it too sassy. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. We go back to Henry's and 
Sean is all kinds of cut up about this. He's just like, man, it's killing me that I can't break this because Hank is innocent and I know it. Henry just doesn't really care and says the important thing here is how are you going to help me get Hank's blood out of my couch? Also, I don't know how we get here, but Henry is like, it sounds to me like maybe you think very highly of Lassiter and you were doing him this favor and so you're seeing everything through his eyes and it's a simple case of you getting too caught up in this with emotional transference. You don't use words like transference. Have you been secretly hanging out with mom? We maybe dined together the other night. Dined it together. And then there's a reference here that I didn't get. I heard it and I didn't write it down. It's, it's, it's like a hoity-toity man. Anyway. Yeah. Henry suggests that he goes back to old Sonora and he looks at it, but this time he takes off his rose-colored glasses that came from Lassiter. He says that the emotions swirling around this could be clouding Sean's judgment. I think what he's trying to say is Sean's third eye isn't psyching out as hard as it can psych out because he cares too much. I think this is, this is the development of my theory. I think that Henry has so trained Sean to be hyper observant to hide from himself and everyone else that Sean is psychic. Because if he can explain things away another way, then it won't be the frou-frou, touchy-feely, supernatural stuff that no one's going to believe anyway. So in that theory, we are hypothesizing that Henry is also psychic. I'm at least hypothesizing that Henry knows that Sean is psychic and is covering it up deliberately. Mm. <laughs> like it was a gift he recognized okay. early, his natural talent. <laughs> okay i'm gonna buy that <laughs> at old sonora sean is looking sean and gus are looking for that place where the horse and rider disappeared because sean says there must be a logical explanation for all of this i have one the next dimension okay winston zedmore and that is a ghostbusters reference that i did not get i did um because it's the only Winston I recognize. I was like, does he mean Ernie Hudson, who was a guest star on this show a couple seasons ago? Is his name Winston? In the Ghostbusters? Yeah. Ernie Hudson's character is Winston. Oh. Yeah. And he, he's the first actor to play Gus's dad. Interesting. I didn't catch that. I, I didn't know who Winston Zedmore was. <laughs> I didn't know his last name was Zedmore, but I was like, must be him. And then I looked it up and I was right. <laughs> Sean sees some more bubbles. And he's like. Coming from the ground. They kind of stand there and look at it. And Sean's like, what do you see? And Sean's like, uh. And then there's sort of a creaking sound. And they sort of freeze. And then they fall. And they scream. <laughs> Sean said, I think I broke my back and my neck and my arm. And there's a lot of coccyx talk from Gus. He's like, oh, I really think I bruised my coccyx. When I get home, I'm going to have to rub oil on my coccyx. A deep tissue massage is exactly what my coccyx needs. Sean is like, please stop saying coccyx. What? It's the word. That's what it's called, Sean. They are in an old mine shaft, and it's not authentic at all. No wonder it's not on the tour. Yeah, Sean sort of finds a lamp that they're walking around with. There's modern tools, and they look like they're being used. And Gus is like, dude? And then he puts the lamp up, and they see a shimmery wall. All this is about copper? Gus is like, man, that's gold. 
Can I just rant for a second? By all means. Am I wrong in saying that gold is a freaking useless metal? Oh, yeah. Like, it's terrible at heat conduction. It, like, it serves no other purpose. You can't really use it for much besides the jewelry and decoration crap. (sighs) Copper is much more useful. And it's also very, very expensive and rare now. It's like people are always stealing copper wiring and copper pipes and trying to dig that crap up. I mean, that stuff is going to be more than worth its weight when the apocalypse comes. Let's face it. You can oh, yeah. use it for stuff and like it's it's more worth mining in my in my in my humble opinion. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I think gold is dumb. Gold is dumb. Uh, I don't know why we ever That's not true. I know why we lived off a gold standard, but it's I don't. Stupid. How okay. did that even start? That's so dumb. <laughs> I, in in my um most basic understanding it had to start somewhere. And so this precious metal became the standard. How did it become precious? It's a shiny rock. I love shiny rocks, but I don't understand. Like, I put I put a lot more value on other shiny rocks. You know what I mean? <sighs> I feel you. Okay. Well, uh, here, here we go. We get a Gus rundown. Gotta love a Gus rundown. The city is not being vandalized. Because of the mining going on and the wood being stolen to help support the shaft, the water has been poisoned, which is a normal side effect of shaft mining, and the foul odor is from the exposed sulfur deposits. Was it the water poisoned or water collecting in sinkholes or causing sinkholes? Um, well, so the argument can be both, but the water was poisoned. At least that's what Hank said early on. Did he? He did. I missed it. Don sees some more stuff on the ground. And he has this recognition of where he saw that stuff before. On someone's shoe in the back of a wagon taking away mm, dead bodies? Yeah. It was that other gunfighter. That stinky feet guy. And then we get a thunk And then Gus is out cold. And the man in black says, My name is Stinky Pete. How many times has Gus been knocked out now? I only thought this was like two, if... Yeah, okay. I think I'm mixing up. Did he get Did he get knocked out yet, or am I just thinking of the series at large that, like, he's been knocked out before? I think that he's been knocked out, and I think Sean's been knocked out a couple of times, and I think I might be mixing those in my brain. At the Santa Barbara Police Department, they tested the gun, and it wasn't Sheriff Hank's gun. He approaches Hank and he says, the ballistics don't match your gun. And Hank says, I told you it wouldn't be, Binky. But you didn't want to listen. It was most likely a twin to the gun that he had, however. And Sheriff Hank remembers that it was a set and he knows exactly where the other gun is. Back in old Sonora, I just wrote SP. Now I have a throbbing head and a throbbing coccyx. Coccyx. Coxix. There it is. Coxix. <laughs> um, I might have just cut all that out. Stinky Pete says, who are you really? And Sean says, I'm a psychic. And then he gives the full psychic breakdown. So he says, you were also working for McBain. And you had all the stuff that you needed to get the place shut down. But you checked the mine and you found gold. He killed McBain to slow down the buying of Old Sonora to give him more time to mine. He was the rider that they saw because he, no one looked to see if the rocks that were closing the mine were actually real or not. It was never actually sealed. And 
Stinky Feet points out that there is over a million dollars worth of gold here. Shona's like, yeah, but like at what expense? Murder? You're not only a murderer, but you're a thief. This gold belongs to Hank, and he has been more than fair and generous with all of his employees, including yourself. I guess after playing a bad guy for so, so many years, the line got blurred. They say the same thing happened to Yul Brenner. Which is another Westworld reference. And then um, Stinky Feet knocks out the wood and traps them inside the mine. <laughs> Gus finds a spoon, and then he starts scraping along some rocks, and he's like, <laughs> We could dig ourselves out. It worked for Tom Robbins and Shawshank. Get busy living or get busy dying. Sean is like, that makes me Morgan Freeman. That's incredibly weird. Sean sees water and he picks up the tools to start to break out. He's like, Why did Gus grab a spoon when all of the mining tools were still there? Because he's seen too many movies, Alexis. <laughs> so they both grab pickaxes. So, so we could make the Shawshank reference. Yeah, that's why. That's exactly why. <laughs> we each get pickaxes and we're going at the wall and... We're tunneling through. And they end up coming out from underneath the sheriff's building. And then we get a showdown. Lassiter is calling out Stinky Pete, who you keep referring to as Stinky Feet, which I love. <laughs> Throw down your weapon and come peacefully, says Lassie. It's the exact lines from the showdown that they do on a regular basis at this town. Also, it is a reference to the good, the bad, and the ugly. So this next part I wrote down is like a um, the quick and the dead reference, but it's really just any Western because we've got like intense Western music. We've got coyotes howling. We've got like just all the tropes and we get like a lot of eye shots. Like we're seeing Gus and Sean and Lassie and Pete and Gus and Sean and Lassie and Pete. And then it's like people are like unlatching their guns and getting ready. And it's like a full like shootout about to happen. One of the tourists goes, how can you tell which one's the bad guy if they're both wearing black? Which is, in movies, they usually always dress up the bad guy in black, just so you can tell. The full sound effect happens, the showdown happens, and Lassie gets the shot. Yeah, but I don't think he kills Stinky Feet. I think he just, like, like hurts him really bad, because don't they, like, pick him up? They do. The, the tourists boo at him, and he goes... I'm the good guy, you toothless hillbillies, though I did just shoot a man, so for real, you need to clear out of here. <laughs> I just wrote, last scene. Lassiter is like, man, you're going to get a great payday. This is awesome for you, Hank, and you'll be able to like rest up and restore this place to its former glory. I don't know, Binky. I've been thinking maybe it's time for this old cowboy to hang up his spurs. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, and he's like, maybe I can just take comfort that I lasted so long. And the fact that you're about to be filthy rich. Well, that too. <laughs> There's like a really good moment between Lassiter and Sheriff Hank where Lassiter said, you've been a good friend to me. You're more than a friend. And they hug it out. They hug like a man. And then Hank is like, well, if y'all excuse me. I got a wayward and wild woman to ask to marry me. And it's Miss Annie. Oh, of course she's going to say yes. Like, it's James Brolin. Say yes. Sean said, look at that. She's about to give up the world's oldest profession. Sean, she was never actually a madam. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Lassie says, if either of you ever call me Binky, I'll shoot you. Understood. 
How about one more time for old time's sake? No. Okay. And that's it! Definitely, like, I didn't know what the shiny the shiny stuff was Mm-mm. when I watched it. I didn't know what the bubbles were. None of it none of it made sense to me. I don't even think I remembered the gold. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't remember so much. But I don't think we said this on air. I think we talked about it beforehand. This episode is the Lassiter origin story. Literally every aspect of him that we know. Like... This is where he had his father figure. This is where he had his love of guns and westerns. So like his Clint Eastwood uh, fixation that we learn more about later and um, becoming a cop. Well, like, yeah, the fact that he became a, a detective when he was essentially raised by a sheriff. Like, yes, his story is not so dissimilar from Sean's. Oh, well, yeah, I love our boys. Lassie origin story is adorable. I like it. I thought the Miss Annie Hank line, the whole Miss Annie Hank story there at the end didn't really make any sense. Well, I just love that it was But it was, it was like, still a good moment. They were like, we need a woman in this episode. She has to be the madam. Okay. Well, they're former lovers. Okay. But it's ancient history. And he broke her heart. And we never get that story. But they make up at the end because it's a Is Western. Is that a Western trope? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not saying I didn't like it. I absolutely did. It was just, just it like, was it was just confusing like, to me. Take it or leave it. Like, yeah. Oh man. Ugh. good episode. Ugh. Love that. Love that Lassie backstory. I can't get over that. I know we didn't get any buzz, but I feel like there wasn't really room for it. But for our closing, we both have Lassiter quotes. We do. This is such a Lassiter episode. Yeah, totally by chance we both picked a Lassie quote. He really had the good ones in this. He did. He was, I mean, Sean always does, but besides Sean, his were great. Literally on fire. And all of Gus's were like in the moment. Like we had to use his quotes to help push along the story. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I am Alexis. All right, Chief, I'm just going to say that I am 100% sure that you have no proof whatsoever that I have done anything even remotely Old Sonora related in the last two hours. And I'm Kaylee. I will ask you to stifle your urge to make fun of everything that is decent. And this has been... To the Blueberry! Blueberry! Psych out. <laughs>